Hi, thanks for coming to my canning cellar, episode 3. One of my comfort foods since childhood has always been homemade macaroni and cheese. And seriously, even when I don't need comfort, it's a wonderful go-to food. My mom made the bomb. It was real cheese, and it was baked in the oven with a cracker crumb topping. It was baked in the same old pot I use now for lots of my canning prep. When I saw in some Facebook canning groups that many folks were canning mac and cheese, I researched the heck out of it before trying it on my own. The reason being, once again, for every six who say do it, there are six who say don't. Some sources say don't can pasta as the flour can break down, turning the pasta into mush. Some say if the pasta clumps together, then it's too dense for it to heat through during processing. Now, of course, even though I think mine came out almost perfectly for what it is, it's certainly no match for mom's. There was just one issue with mine, and I'll tell you what it was at the end. This is what I used. 15 pint jars with lids and rings, a small pan for putting the lids in, a large pot for the sauce, a canning funnel, a debubbler, a spoon, three quarts of chicken broth, one number 10 can of nacho cheese sauce, 11 and a quarter cups of dry elbow macaroni, vinegar, a timer, a silicone mitt, a regular oven mitt, a jar remover, a dish towel, my one cup measuring cup, and the pressure cooker. The first step was putting the lids in to simmer gently for a few minutes in a pan of water, just enough to soften the material around the inside edge of the lid, which is said to make for a better seal. For this canning, I happened to use new jars, and I knew I was going to use a pressure cooker, so I didn't bother washing the jars first. I have a very small amount of counter space, which is also the sink area, so I have to condense items as much as I can. I line the jars up, I have the pot of hot water with the lids, and the rings are in an empty and clean whipped topping container, which is set in the sink. I combine the entire can of sauce with an equal amount of chicken broth. Some folks say use water, but I had the broth on hand. The can's weight was 6 pounds 10 ounces. Because I haven't done a lot of in-person grocery shopping, I simply ordered mine from Amazon. I heated the cheese sauce and the broth up a bit to help blend the cheese into the broth. I still ended up with some thicker on the bottom of the pot after filling most of the jars. So next time I'll continue to stir in between the pouring into the jars. I use a canning funnel and my one cup measure cup that has a handle. I used two-thirds cup of macaroni per pint jar, added some of the sauce, stirred really well. You have to stir to keep the macaroni from clumping together. The sauce goes to one and a half inches from the lid. There are lines on the jars that help gauge the depth, but with practice, I'm now able to know where to stop the filling. I use my debubbler to go down the sides of the jars and in the middle to move the sauce all around the macaroni. You want the sauce to fill in any holes. My debubbler also has an end with measurements on it. If you don't have a debubbler, you can use a butter knife or a thin handle of a wooden spoon. Truthfully, the only reason I have a debubbler is because it came in a kit. So, I added the macaroni, added some sauce, stirred, 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 debubbled, added more sauce, stirred, 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 debubbled, and then I wiped the rims down with vinegar. Vinegar removes any grease that may have been on the rims during filling, 
as even a small amount of something on the rim can cause your jar to not seal. So I put the lids on and the rings. I tighten the rings, but not overly so. If you do them too tightly, you can cause the lids to buckle and the jar won't seal. Sometimes I seem to know just how to tighten them, but sometimes I tighten a bit too much, and so I just do a slight backwards turn. I had put three quarts of warm water in the pressure canner. Not cold, not hot, but about the same temperature as the sauce. Remember, the water must be the same temperature as the jars. Hot food into hot water, cold food into cold water, or in this case, warm into warm. I double stacked the jars in my pressure canner with a metal rack in between them, put the locking cover on, and waited for the venting. It took about half an hour for the pressure to build. Then I let it vent for 10 minutes, which just means I'm watching the steam come out for 10 minutes. Then I put my 15-pound weight on, and once it started jiggling, I turned the heat down to keep it jiggling about 3 to 4 times per minute. Now, when I say jiggling, I mean on mine, the weight kind of dances around in circles. My processing time was 20 minutes from the time of jiggling at my elevation of over 1,000 feet above sea level and below 2,000 feet above sea level. I let the canner sit for at least half an hour to be sure the pressure's down. Then I remove the weight in the cover. The jars can then come out right away. Sometimes siphoning is caused by trying to depressurize it too soon. I have had to become acquainted with patients. How I remove the hot jars is I use the jar lifter with my right hand and immediately set it on the silicone mitt which is on my left hand and I use my left hand as a shelf for the jar and I move it that way to the dish towel on the table. I find that my jar lifter doesn't fit on the wide mouth jars, so in that case I have to use two silicone mitts. You have to be really, really careful when you lift your jars out, because if you put too much pull on the ring, your jars can get really angry and they'll spit at you. My newly removed jars are always set on a dish towel on what I simply call my canning table, which is just a small one off to the side of my kitchen. Because the table is under a window, I keep the curtains closed as the sun can actually affect the food quality, color, and the flavor, which is why it's recommended that we keep home canned jars of food in a dark, cool place. My canning cellar hovers around 60 degrees year-round. I think that's because it has a dirt floor and it has stone walls. Normally, I have the jars labeled and taken down to my canning cellar after 24 hours. I don't feel the need to write the name of the obvious, such as carrots, but I do always label them at least with a month in the year. I had a lot of soft siphon out during this processing out of maybe half of my jars, so next time I will only add a half cup of macaroni. Siphoning does not mean they didn't seal, it just makes for quite a cleanup of the outside of the jars and inside the canner. One of the jars, which wasn't even one that siphoned, it didn't even seal, so I was able to try it as soon as it cooled enough. It is something you have to be careful with because sometimes I can see the food still visibly boiling inside the jar up to an hour after taking it out of the canner. Anyway, I have opened up a couple of the pints since. The macaroni turned out so soft but not mushy and it may be my most favorite meal in the jar so far. I finally had to get around to taking the rest of the jars down to my canning cellar to keep them out of mind and out of mouth. The reason I took so long to take these jars down is because we have actually run out of space on the five shelf metal unit. 
So my most recently canned jars are sitting in short boxes on top of five gallon pails of paint and joint compound. I need to be mindful that none of my jars accidentally end up living on my husband's workbenches. I don't even like spicy food, and to me this brand is pretty spicy, even diluted with a chicken broth, and I'll show the name of it in the show notes. But after I heated it up in a bowl and added butter, it was really good, which just reinforces what I always tell my grandkids, butter is better. I didn't add any other flavoring. The next time I make it, I'm going to use whole wheat pasta and a number 10 can of plain cheddar cheese sauce, which I'll dilute again with chicken stock. The jars, as they seal, make a really cool pinging sound, which is very reassuring, letting me know that the lids have formed a tight seal. I don't always hear the pinging. Some of the jars seal before they are even removed from the canner. And again, I always store my filled jars without the rings on, just in case I have a false seal, and I'll be able to see that the lid has popped up. I haven't had this happen yet, at least not since my first sad attempt in the 70s. I don't think I told you how I opened my jars. I bought a jar opener, again off Amazon, and I'll link to it in the show notes, and it makes for an easy and safe way for me to open them, which is especially helpful now that I am trying to get more than one use out of each lid. I also have some hand paint issues, and the jar opener works pretty slick. Regarding new lids, do take a minute to check them over, even right out of the box. I had one the other day that came off of a new jar, and the coating on the inside had a small ridge where some of the material was missing. I will eventually use it on something that I won't mind eating off, right off, in case it doesn't seal. I previously said I got many of my jars from friends and family. Canning for home use has exploded from what I hear during the pandemic, making jars and other accessories extremely hard to find. I've been able to order some new jars from Target and Walmart. My sister found me some new lids from a visit to a Walmart store. Walmart, at least in my experience, will not ship just the lids. You have to go to a store. Be wary of purchasing from third-party sellers on some online sites, as the lids may not meet USA standards. They may be way thinner and more prone to buckling. The brands I have used so far are Ball, Kerr, and Harvest Guard. Pre-pandemic, I found Harvest Guard jars and lids at my local Dollar General, but I haven't seen any there since. Golden Harvest is just a lower-priced line of mason jars sold by the Newell Corporation, which also owns Ball, Bernardin, and Kerr jars. I have also used Walmart brand lids, mainstays, and I haven't had any trouble with them. After I read about many canners buying certain brands of spaghetti sauce because the jars are made by Atlas, another good company, I bought one to try, but I haven't used the jar yet. I'm not sure it will be worth it to me to buy the more expensive sauce just to get the jars, however, as I am all about being frugal and cost-conscious. When you buy new jars at a store, they of course come with the lids and the rings on. It's not unusual for the, li- the lids to start pinging in your vehicle due to different altitudes as you are headed home. They're still fine. They haven't sealed. They're just singing along to the music in their heads, which, who doesn't? I had bought some plastic mason jar covers that can be used in place of the lid and the ring after I opened my jars. It makes it easier to get into the jars because you don't have to fill around with the ring and the lid. Sometimes the lids can stick a bit depending on how messy I left the rim, 
especially the ones used more often and kept in the fridge like jelly or relish. Some mayonnaise and peanut butter covers will fit too, but I didn't know that at the time that I bought the plastic ones. Also, the traditional green plastic cover from Parmesan sprinkle cheese can also fit your mason jars. You'll find that I do reference Amazon a lot. And again, thanks to the pandemic, most of my shopping is done online. But when I am able to find items at a local store, I'd rather buy there and support my local community. Thank you again for visiting my canning cellar. I didn't tell you before that the reason I started this podcast is because I couldn't find a lot of podcasts out there about canning. I'd appreciate it if you would say something nice about this, if you're able to, on whatever platform you're listening to. Talk soon. Stay safe.